SOAS Radio presents World AIDS Day 2014. Hi, you're listening to Jake on SOAS Radio, where we're celebrating World AIDS Day 2014. I'm here first of all to dispel a few misguided myths, but also to give you some cold hard facts about HIV and AIDS and how it affects women in certain parts of the world. Before we start though, it seems that we should be aware of what HIV and AIDS actually are. HIV is a very young phenomenon. In the last 20 years, it has increased from affecting 8 million to 34 million people, and it's the leading cause of death globally among women of the reproductive age. But what actually is HIV? Well, HIV stands for Human Immunodeficiency Virus, meaning that it only affects humans, it destroys your immune system, and it takes over a cell in the host body where it copies itself and then destroys the host. Unlike other viruses, humans can't seem to get rid of HIV due to the nature of its function. It attacks key parts of the immune system by creating a single protein called the VPU. This protein's only job is to destroy proteins in our immune system called T4 and CD4 cells. And the perpetuation of this process means that over time we can't fight off any more infections. There are treatments available in the form of antiretrovirals, which do prevent the onset of AIDS, and you can live a long and healthy life with the virus in your body as long as you have access to this treatment. This is just the issue in developing regions, where access to ARTs and other forms of treatment is scarce, expensive, and, tragically, just not within the economic self-interest of big pharmaceutical companies. Hundreds of billions of dollars of profit are going elsewhere, it would seem. Without treatment, HIV turns into AIDS, and AIDS stands for Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome, meaning that it's a non-genetic, degenerative, and complex set of symptoms, which is what a syndrome refers to. You're considered to have AIDS if you have one or more OIs, which are opportunistic infections. I just want to say a quick word about misconceptions and elaborated tales concerning HIV. So, a bizarre ex-French teacher of mine once told me that HIV had its roots in the gay hothouses of San Diego during the 1970s, and he seemed adamant that this was the only place that it could have come from. Whether or not that's true, today, heterosexual partners are more at risk from HIV than homosexual partners or drug users. Of those receiving care for HIV in the UK, for example, 48% are heterosexual, as compared with 44% who are homosexual. It most commonly affects those between the ages of 35 and 49 and is most prevalent in London, where it affects 42% of all those with the condition in the UK. So, no matter which way you swing, get a test. Those of you in London will surely have seen the Terence Higgins Trust out in force over the past week raising awareness. So take heed and go and speak to them. Okay, what is the state of the condition elsewhere in the world? Well, I asked a few unsuspecting people how much they knew about HIV and its relation to women in particular. What do you know about HIV? Um, I know that it's um, an incurable disease that affects different parts of the world disproportionately. How many people do you think have HIV globally? I have absolutely no idea. In a figure? I would guess in the millions. Any particular, Any particular figure? Oh, I'm going to go for... Nine million. And of that figure, how many do you think are women? I don't know. I, I, my, I suspect that it probably affects women disproportionately. Joe was right. In sub-Saharan Africa, of those affected by HIV, 60% are women. 
There's been some groundbreaking improvements in the development of preventative technologies, notably by the Global Campaign for Microbicides, or GCM, which is a big international coalition of organisations working to increase access to HIV prevention options. Despite huge biomedical advances, many women are still not able to protect themselves against infection because of barriers such as stigma, partner violence and limited access to services. The GCM was set up to answer this very question by developing technologies such as protective gels, creams and suppositories to help women in their fight against HIV. I spoke to Laurie Heiss from the GCM when she was here at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine last week and she told me that microbicides put power directly into the hands of women who need it most. Traditional forms of HIV prevention, like monogamy, condom use and certain STI treatment, are just not reliable and these problems are compounded when women have no means of ensuring their partner's cooperation. GCM has the technology that millions of women across the world need, but crucially, it doesn't yet have the funding to get the treatments down to an affordable cost on the open market. And nearly all the research and development going into microbicide technologies is done by non-profit, academic or small-scale biotech institutions that are dependent on public funds and have no access to private wealth resources. Please check out their work on the projects page of path.org. It's a truly inspiring organisation and needs as much public awareness as possible. I hope you feel a little bit more clued up about HIV and AIDS and thank you so much for listening.